If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. listening to Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim and in this episode we're talking Disney Pixar's Turning Red plus all the latest movie and trailer news. I'm Timmy Fland, movie buff. And I'm Lee Livingstone, entertainment journalist. And we love to talk all things movies. So in Disney Pixar's Turning Red, Maylin Lee is a confident boy band obsessed 13 year old who is shocked to discover that she suddenly turns into a giant red panda whenever her emotions get the better of her. Turning Red is directed by Domi Shi from a screenplay by Shi and Julia Cho. The movie stars Rosalie Chang, Sandra Oh, Ava Morse, Matrei Ramakrishnan and Hyen Park. I just have to start by saying how much I loved the big energetic opening, all thanks to this big personality-filled 13-year-old girl. And it mm-hmm. set us up for what we were to expect. And I was instantly hooked. Yeah, she's a great character. And that's the first thing that you need for a good film. You need yeah. to be invested in these characters. Look, we, we can rave about how much Pixar do that so well. But here I was instantly hooked by the by the lead characters in this movie. And I had so much fun getting to know them over the course of this film. 
Yeah, me too. And what I love even more is that she is the first woman to direct a Pixar film. And she was the first for her short film, Bow, which actually won the Academy Award for Best Animated Short in 2019. So it seems as though she's gotten to execute her vision largely unchanged here. Yeah, I've seen some behind-the-scenes content of Domi Shi, the director, and she brings the same kind of energy that Mei Lee brings to the film, her creative process and collaboration. This is a really personal Mm. story for her and I'm so glad she got to tell this story after so long. Well, that's the thing. When Pixar do really well, it's because of how relatable and authentic their stories are. Right. And Turning Red, as you said, is based on Domi Shi's teen years growing up in Toronto. And I think everyone can relate to the challenges that come with these really challenging years even without the specifics of being in Toronto or the Asian heritage or the other things that are in this film. For sure. I mean, this film is about so many things like discovery, adolescence, which I can't wait to talk about in more detail, new love Mm -hmm. and the obsession that comes with that. But it really is about friendship at its heart, I think, and the complex relationships that we have with those in our lives, but specifically Mm. One between a mother and a daughter, which I really loved how that played out here. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. I mean, Turning Red, as you said, is a clear allegory for puberty. I mean, it's not subtle about it at all. (laughs) Bodies changing. And obviously here she turns into a giant red panda. So that's the massive change. (laughs) Hormones go nuts, keeping the animal urges in check. Plus you're dealing with the expectations of your parents and society as a whole while the relationships around you change. Even the title if I can be a bit crass, hints at getting your period. Well, I I would so far as to say this movie doesn't really mince around that. There's this fantastic moment in this film where I was literally in hysterics where the mother thinks Maylin Lee got her period Mm. and her reactions to freak out going, oh, my God, the day's here. Don't know what to do, but she really wants to support her and get her through. And I thought this is excellent. Yes, I'm so glad that they – put that in the film. I mean, let's normalise this completely mundane and normal process that women go through. Look, I went into this maybe a little naive, not thinking that it was going to be so directly about puberty, adolescence and the things that, uh, Mm. the changes that happen to your body, especially women. I was really surprised that Pixar went down the puberty road the way they did. You know, I I think this movie is really going to talk to young girls and those other adolescents. There's so much to relate to here in such an unpredictable time in their lives. Yeah. But normalising the messiness of it all, right? Yes. Yes, 100%. Let the freak flag fly. Yes. Chaos in a good way. (laughs) Chaos in a good way. That is turning red. And, I mean, this film reminds me of my own teenage boy band obsessed years, devouring every little bit of media or content that's put out about, you know, the Backstreet Boys or NSYNC or um, New Kids on the Block, whoever it was at the time. Magazines, posters, collecting merch, and even the random international tour version of a CD that you've heard a bajillion times and you have yeah. so many different versions of. I just loved that little touch in the film. You know, one of the friends comes and says, look, I've got the Australian tour CD. Like burnt onto a CD yes. though. How many burnt CDs did you have oh. of music that you passed on to friends? Like mixtapes, so if you will. So <laughs> yeah. many. I got such a kick out of the fact that this film was set in 2002. Yes, I was so on board. What did we have? Nokia phones, (laughs) boy bands, like you said, Tamagotchis. You had like Destiny's Child becoming a huge band in their own right and a song playing here. 
And it felt so relatable for me, even as a man. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a woman. I haven't had my period. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't? Uh, no, not yet. Um, but it was so relatable to me, not mm. just for those material things like Nokia phones, et cetera, but it was like, well, this is a window or a crystal ball into what it was like being yeah. 13. I was about 13 at this time in 2002. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was a bit older, but I, I really dug the early 2000s vibe, you know, as you said, with the music and the clothing and the references. It's an interesting choice for a creator to set it exactly when they were a teen mm. because you could risk alienating some of the audience with mm. the specificities of whatever, yeah. you know, the Nokia phones and all that kind of jazz. Yeah. But it really works. Yeah, it was nostalgia done well. It wasn't in your face. Mm-hmm. And it's not even that long ago, 20 years or so. Mm. But it, it also shows how much things have changed in how we communicate. Yeah. But it also identifies how much nothing has really changed yeah. at the same time, right? <laughs> yeah. I also really loved the situational comedy in this film. You know, the image of a giant red panda squeezing itself through the narrow gap between two buildings and just like uh, inching along bit by bit. It's big butt. Yeah. (laughs) Getting stuck. Yeah. Or or dancing and twerking away at its mother. (laughs) Just gyrating. Yes. Really funny visually. And I mean, that's what Pixar do so well, but they've made a really different film here, haven't they? Do we want to talk about the animation style and the blend between uh, what are they? What what stood out from you from an animation style? Well, at the very most basic level, the creators have described the look of the characters as chunky cute. So (laughs) (laughs) chunky cute. So animating with the limbs that are a bit thicker and Mm. less defined facial features. But there's also a fusion of different styles of animation at work here that create a big energy. Mm. You know, anime of the East meets signature Pixar style of the West. Yeah, not to take away from Turning Red, but we've seen a recent film, The Mitchells vs. The Machines, blend yes. different animation styles, and that is really high-octane, in, insane energy. Yeah. But here, it was very similar, cut from the same cloth, but using that different style. And I love the accents of anime mm. because it elevated the emotions of the characters yes. using those little uh, stylistic choices that anime films are so well known for. Yeah. So the way they've done that in particular is in the expressions that change in an instant. So yeah. emotions go from zero to 60, like immediately. <laughs> and you see it in the eyes, especially yeah. if, if May and her friends spot a boy they like or their favourite band, their eyes go super dilated with sparkles and stars. Yeah. It's perfect for a film about a young girl whose emotions are an intense roller coaster as she hits puberty. Right. And even, you know, sweat bouncing off brows <laughs> yes. and, the, and the quick, short, sharp cuts and swishes in action are all layers of the anime genre that are yeah. just so beautifully blended here. And even one of her friends was almost permanently in that state. She was just super aggressive in her energy and excitement yes. <laughs> all oh, the time. I love the best friends. We'll talk about them soon. Yeah. So we're seeing this whole world through the protagonist. And another mm. thing that the animation does is makes her world so vibrant and colourful and fun. And the colours and the style really reflect that. And just jumping on that we see it from the protagonist breaks the fourth wall mm. very occasionally, but it's used really well from a minimalistic point of view just to invite you in. Mm. She sets a bit of tone context yeah. And I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, the beginning and end, that's really the only time that they use it. Yeah. Did you find that effective? Oh, yeah. It brings you right into it. Yeah. When the movie opens, the framing is really front on Mm. and she breaks the fourth wall, which says a lot about her as a character too, doesn't it? 
it's how confident and carefree she is. Oh, yeah. She's 13, right? She knows what she wants. She's got it all figured out and she tells us that. Yeah. She's excited to take the next step to become a woman. Yeah. She's smart. She's witty. She's got a great relationship with her mum. She's got a best posse of friends. Yep. Um, she's got so much spunk to her, mm-hmm. but she doesn't know what's around the corner. No. <laughs> and then it, it's just this fascinating character study of how a young girl deals with things that ultimately change like a light switch. Yeah. But you don't know where the light switch is to either turn it off yeah. or even know how it got turned on in the first place. Yeah. That chaos is so beautifully and hilariously realised here. Oh, growing up, who'd have it? (laughs) Let's talk about the voice cast. So Mm. Rosalie Chang, who voices May, had been working on this film for four years. Wow. Apparently. So she knows this character inside and out, and I think that really comes across in her performance. She was brought in to do um, the temporary recordings while the story was being developed, and in the end, when it was time to cast, they couldn't see anyone else in the role. Is that right? Mm. Wow. Is that a common thing in animation? They just bring in a random to get them through a development process and then they cast someone else. Yeah, I'm sure it happens. That's the first I've ever heard of that process. That's interesting. I mean, they do that in theatre too, though, don't they? They come and do roundtable readings to get the story knocked into shape and then sometimes people go ahead in the roles and sometimes they're busy and working on something else. Very true. Very true. Well, I'm so glad that she stuck around and was cast here because you can't imagine any other little actress taking on the role of May May. No, she was fantastic. Okay, and Sandra Oh as the mother. I love Sandra Oh, full stop. Full stop. No deletes. No. (laughs) Period. If you've seen her in Grey's Anatomy or Killing Eve, you know how wonderful and varied she is as an actor. You know, Killing Eve is a show that is on my to-watch list. I know you're a big fan of it. Mm. I love Sandra Oh. She encapsulates an overbearing, hilarious, but a mother who means well so perfectly. A tiger mum. A tiger mum. Or a big panda mom. Yeah. <laughs> She's got some great lines in this film, though. You know, things like, you know, where are your parents and put some clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's very disturbed by the adolescent world. Yeah. You know, she wants to protect her daughter and that is her main focus. All that boy band gyrating. Yeah, she doesn't understand it. No. But we alluded to earlier about the relationship, the mother and daughter relationship, mm-hmm. and I loved seeing them as a team in this film. And even when things change yeah. and they're not so perfect and cookie cutter, I was really fascinating and, and engaged by how the relationship developed between them and how they solved things together yeah. or even didn't solve things yeah. and had to move on. Yeah, May wasn't afraid to talk to her mother yes. for most of it anyway. Yeah. There was a, there did come a point where she started to hide things and rebel mm. a little bit. But, mm. yeah, I mean, she was very open with her mother. Yeah, and I really liked that and respected that as a creative choice for mm. the story. But when May May becomes the red panda, like everything about her is dialed up by a thousand. And so she finds a new voice, doesn't she? Those little outbursts are there. And she's like not even realizing how she's manifesting those outbursts. So we, it's so deeply universal and relatable that when you get irated Mm. and you're thinking, hold on, why did I say that to that person that I really love? Parents just don't understand. They just don't understand. (laughs) Insert Will Smith song here. What's the Will Smith song? Parents just don't understand. That's one of his first songs. All right, go on. Take- no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, give the people what they want. Nope. Can I, we quickly talk about the grandma and the aunties? Yes. 
I just loved them joining this yeah. film about midway through. I got Real Housewives of Toronto vibes, is <laughs> yes. there, how they were introduced, and I thought, oh, yes. we're in for a fun ride here. And family is such an important focus of Asian culture, so it stands to reason that the family would all get involved to help them through this period. Right. It was beautiful to see. And helping through periods of change, let's talk about periods of change. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's talk about the friends. Pun intended. <laughs> Pun intended. Let's talk about the, the yeah. posse of friends. Yes. Did you have a group of friends like that? I did, up? of course, of course, yeah. and they're all different. It was like the Spice Girls; everyone had their own unique personality. Which Spice Girl were you? Just out of interest, Gary, of course. <laughs> Come on, yeah, crazy big hair. <laughs> yeah, well, like I can relate to that. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I just loved them so much as a crew. They all complimented each other so nicely. Their yeah. personalities shone through, and I couldn't get enough of them. And I love throughout the film that they were always so supportive. Mm. You know, that was just nice. They backed each other. Yeah. Yeah, they had bumps in the road, but yeah. it was it was really mature, I guess, yeah. as, as young women to work through stuff. And there's a lot to take away for young kids to learn how to deal with moments of crisis. Yeah. Uh, some things aren't easy, but sometimes you can just step up and get through it and you get through it together. I hope they're friends forever. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lee, what do you reckon? Is it yep. time to wrap up and rate our take on Turning Red? Let's do it. It wouldn't be a Pixar film without a heartwarming message and Turning Red teaches us that everyone has messy parts, so let them out. Embrace it and embrace being you and letting your freak flag fly. (laughs) I also love that this is a female-led film from an incredible, talented woman of colour who I hope to see more and more from. It's inspirational. The fusion of East meets West style works really well, but I'm hesitant to give Turning Red extra brownie points for aspects that should have been happening long before now. It should be par for the course, let's be honest. But I'm still going to give Turning Red four out of five popcorn kernels. So well put. Well, Turning Red is such a fun film. I was laughing out loud all the way through, all while holding my heart at the same time. Pixar have made a really different kind of film here, and I dig it. It is such a cliche to say that Pixar have done it again, but honestly, this is a diamond amongst diamonds. It has this spunk and spirit and personality about it that's driven by the incredibly written character of Mei Mei and the supporting cast, a fun animation style blend and a painfully relatable coming-of-age narrative I was very fond of. So throw on Turning Red and let out the weird, messy part of yourself. You won't regret it. I'm going to rate Turning Red four and a half popcorn kernels. Extra Mm. half there. Yes. So Turning Red is available to stream on Disney Plus from March 11, which is now, basically. (laughs) All right, Lee, let's jump into our news and trailer section. We're going to kick things off here because the 2022 South by Southwest Film Festival has begun in Austin, Texas and runs until March 20 as part of the South by Southwest Conference and its various festivals celebrating the works of new and established professionals in tech, film, music education and culture. That's right. There are groundbreaking world premieres, daring documentaries and experimental features to see, including a handful of must-see Australian selections that includes Seriously Red from director Gracie Otto and Rose Byrne's Dollhouse Pictures, as well as the horror film Sissy 
from Sydney Siders, Kane Seniors and Hannah Barlow, starring Aisha D. And Shadow, which is a drama about a group of activists with intellectual disabilities who hold a public meeting about the impacts of artificial intelligence that quickly devolves into chaos. What a lineup! But wow. wait, there's more. Also getting its world premiere in the headliners category is The Lost City, starring Channing Tatum and Sandra Bullock, as well as Nicolas Cage's The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Oh, we've talked about that a lot <laughs> on the pod. Can't wait to see this. <laughs> and the comedy action Everything Everywhere All at Once starring Michelle Yeoh. There is such an incredible wealth of films to see at South by Southwest, either in person or online. So check out the full selection via sxsw.com and keep an eye on our website, popcornpodcast.com, for further coverage on the film festival. We've got you covered. Yeah. Lee, have you heard of the term Year of DC? I believe we discussed this on last week's podcast, didn't we? Yes. So let's discuss further. The year of DC has suddenly been downgraded, it seems, with the news that Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom and The Flash have been pushed to 2023. There you go. Gone. Gone. Also delayed by a few months is DC League of Super Pets and Black Adam, although they are still expected in 2022 at this stage. It's not all bad news, though. Shazam! Fury of the Gods has been brought forward from 2023 to December 15 this year, but... (laughs) That means it will. You're laughing already. I know, because like, fuck. You got no chance. No chance. But that means it will be competing at the box office with Avatar two. If it keeps its release date, yeah, we haven't see. seen anything but a concept art. Yeah. Who knows? Well, watch this space. You'll hear it first on Popcorn Podcast. Now, Disney gifted us a first look image from the live action Pinocchio this week featuring Tom Hanks as Geppetto and Benjamin Evan Ainsworth of the haunting of Bly Manor fame as Pinocchio. The film is directed by Robert Zemeckis and is coming to Disney Plus later this year. This isn't the only Pinocchio film expected this year, though, is it? No. We've got... Guillermo del Toro's animation coming with a voice cast that includes, get this, Kate Blanchett, John Turturro, Ewan McGregor, Tilda Swinton and Finn Wolfhard. What a voice cast. This happened a few years ago with another really popular story, The Jungle Book, yeah. where two films came out almost at the same time. So here it's Pinocchio's turn to shine. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, both of these films have incredible pedigree. Oh, absolutely. Lee, days before it was due to start filming, production on Paramount Comedy Assisted Living has been shut down. The comedy was set to star Cardi B as a small-time crook who goes on the run when a heist goes wrong and has to disguise herself as an elderly woman to hide out in her estranged grandmother's nursing home. We had a good giggle about this film when it was announced, didn't we? <laughs> I do remember. So rap star Cardi B had to pull out of the project due to being overextended. I mean, she's a huge, huge music star. Mm. But the timing is really down to the wire, as we said, just a couple of days before filming was due to start. Mm. And usually when this happens, legal action follows. Right. Lee, to wrap up our episode of Popcorn Podcast this week, we've had some June casting news with Austin Butler and Florence Pugh reportedly tipped to take on roles in the upcoming sequel as Fade Rowther, the evil Baron Harkonnen's nephew, and Princess Arulan, the Emperor's daughter from House Carino. Florence Pugh's everywhere at the moment, isn't she? Like Madonna, possibly, and then this June, like Black Widow, she's... Smashing it out of the park. I love to see it. So Dennis Villeneuve's feature will resume from where the first one left off with Paul Atreides 
Timothy Chalamet, fighting alongside the Freeman to free the desert planet of Arrakis. I'm so excited by these casting yeah. announcements, reported casting mm. announcements, all the same, but I'm going to count it. Well, I think in the original, Princess Arulan was played by Virginia Madsen ah. and Fade Rautha was Sting, actually. Sting? Yeah. Oh, my God. Mm. I love that. Oh, well, on that exciting note, guys, that's it for another episode of Popcorn Podcast. We covered off Disney Pixar's latest Turning Red, which you can stream on Disney Plus with a subscription to the service right now. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll catch you next time. We have a website, popcornpodcast.com. Make sure you check it out. We've got all our episodes up there for you. If you'd like to get to know us a little better, there's an About Us section and we run ticket giveaways. So keep an eye on the website for more information. Lee, we are recording, doing an audio test. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Testing, one, two, three. <laughs> testing, one, <laughs> testing. One. Am I talking This to is you? an aspiring step forward. Um, <laughs> this is an inspiring step this forward. This is an inspiring step forward. <laughs> <laughs> 